0: You know what time it is. It's time to p -p -p podcast Your weekly journey through the world of Yu-Gi-Oh! I'm Lance, your host and tour guide through this underworld of children's card games and plot armor where the English dub will be smashed to pieces, overanalyzed, and mocked. Mostly from a loving place. Just a quick PSA before we get started, I'd like to make sure everyone who is listening is aware of some of the legal ways to watch Yu-Gi-Oh! online, as there are plenty, at least at the time of this recording. Netflix, Hulu, and yu gi are all viable options. If you know of any other legal avenues, please feel free to let me know. Now, let's prepare to enter the Shadow Realm. Season 1, episode 13, entitled Evil Spirit of the Ring, finally gives us another recap. Only because all of these episodes are intimately connected, but I'll take it. Also, the recap starts when Bakura showed up, so it doesn't include anything about my Rex or the Red Eyes. But we do not get an expositional intro. At this point, I'm just going to stop mentioning it because it's obviously not coming back. But after the recap, we pick up with Big Yugi asking Bakura Florence why he's taken them to the Shadow Realm. Florence corrects Yugi by saying that Bakura is no longer here, and he doesn't offer to take Yugi's message. Rude. Yugi changes his question to who he is, which gets the response of, I am a thief and a stealer of souls. Doesn't exactly answer the question almost at all, but okay. He continues by saying that he has done terrible things in pursuit of the millennium items, and he asks Big Yugi if he remembers the legends before explaining them in one sentence. Whosoever wields all seven millennium items will possess power unimaginable. Although it makes sense that there would be some, this is the first time we're hearing about any legends about having all seven as a requirement for anything, so that's fun. Florence then reiterates that he will win Yugi's puzzle from this shadow game, which Yugi denies as they kneel down to begin the duel. Florence gives the first move to Yugi. Well, that was nice of him. Or is it bad? Usually it depends on what kind of decks they're running, but if Florence let him go first, it's probably a bad thing. He opens with the Cyber Commander, Tristan's favorite, in face-up defense mode. And when the monster materializes, it's Tristan cosplaying the Cyber Commander. Oh dear god, it's a fan service episode. In the first season. Kazuki Takahashi is an evil genius. As I'm still reeling from the cyber-soldier punk cosplay, Yugi surmises that Florence imprisoned Tristan's soul in his favorite card. Gives a bit more reason to that personal exposition at the end of the last episode, doesn't it? Florence responds with the white magical hat, a man dressed up in a white suit complete with a white top hat, which destroys Tristan, and he implies that Tristan is gone forever. By saying that he's off to the graveyard. As Yugi contemplates the loss of his friend, we transition to a visual representation of the graveyard, which is actually a spooky-looking cemetery. Go figure. Where Cyber Commander Tristan is walking around lamenting and obviously confused by his situation. He decides, randomly, to inspect one of the headstones which turns out to be engraved with his name. This obviously freaks him out and we rejoin the duel. Florence indicates that in a shadow game the stakes are always higher, and due to Yugi's sloppy move, Tristan has lost his soul. He then asks which of Yugi's friends is next. Yugi thinks to himself that he would avoid using his friend's cards if he could, but in order to save them, he has to win. He then plays the Flame Swordsman, which obviously turns out to be Joey in cosplay. He says to himself that Flame Swordsman is the only card in his hand that can destroy the White Magical Hat, which is... True, but it only has a thousand attack points. So why are your cards all of a sudden so weak, Yug? Joey freaks out at the sight of a giant Yugi, and when he attempts to explain the situation, Joey admits that he's lost his mind and decides to simply go with it. He then loses it again when he sees Giant Florence and says, I'm like six inches tall, wearing a dress, about to fight my giant friend. First off, is he really your friend, but also a dress? Uncultured swine. Yugi then explains to Joey that it isn't really Bakura, and Joey brushes it off, saying he doesn't know what Yugi's talking about. Joey charges at the White Magical Hat and destroys it, and we get this lovely pun. Say goodbye to the cat in the hat. This is the quality content I started this podcast for. The current life point count is 1,200 to 2,000 in Yugi's favor. Florence's response to losing the White Magical Hat is to play a monster face down without saying what it is. What is this madness? Everyone knows you're supposed to declare what the face-down card is. Joey decides to rush in on the monster without consulting Big Yugi, and it is revealed to be a morphing jar, which Joey destroys, but its effect activates. Both players must discard their hands and draw five new cards. Also, the animation of the morphing jar facing the attack is like a shadow with a creepy Cheshire Cat-style grin leaping out of a hole in a wall and shrieking like a little girl's dolly that's been stepped on by an uncaring parent. It's absolutely terrifying. Yugi informs Joey and us that he did not have Taya's soul card in his hand, so it's relatively okay that this happened right now, and Joey apologizes. Just think before you act, Joe. In his new hand, Yugi gets the Dark Magician, and he wonders what will happen when he plays it. Florence takes his move while commenting on the game state. With a new hand, plays another monster face down. Comes a whole new perspective. The game, plays a magic or trap face down. Ever shifting, new dangers surround every turn. Yugi contemplates Florence's plan and decides to play the dark magician, which is, of course, little Yugi in cosplay. This is getting really, uh, anime con-ish for my taste. He also plays Reborn the Monster, to revive Tristan from the graveyard. Upon his return, Tristan asks Joey and Little Yugi if they're dreaming this too. Joey informs him that he's just gone insane and this is all one big delusion. Yugi then comments that, just a second ago, I was up there. The implication of this one line is... confusing, to say the least. If Little Yugi's soul was imprisoned in the Dark Magician card before the duel began, how would he remember playing up until now? Unless he's just talking about before the game started, in which case, he was up there just a little while ago. Tristan chimes in with, yeah, if you're down here, then who's that up there? Okay, this implies that Yugi was talking about just a literal second ago, which brings back the question of how? As they look up at Big Yugi, Little Yugi says he doesn't know, which prompts Big Yugi to ask rather forcefully, Don't you? Little Yugi says that sometimes when he duels, it feels like someone is guiding him. You mean, you're cheating. You're a cheater. He adds that sometimes he can hear a strong voice calling out to him from his puzzle. Oh, okay, so they tell you how to duel. I gotcha. He finishes by saying that he doesn't understand it, but he's pretty sure that they can trust him. Oh, just, just give it a few episodes. You might feel differently. Retroactive spoiler warning. Also, you don't know him. He invades your thoughts, but no, you can you can totally trust him. And Joey and Tristan just go along with this. I mean, Joey thinks he's lost his mind, so that fits. But Tristan, why aren't you dissenting? Why are we just trusting this stranger who body snatches? Joey tries to go all macho man, but little Yugi says that he has to go because he was just played. Is that a thing in the first season? I'll have to look out for that from now on. Little Yugi attacks, but it's another Morphing Jar! So, Florence is that guy. You know, the reason Morphing Jar was banned until just recently. And as luck would have it, Big Yugi draws the Magician of Faith in his new hand. He is shocked by this development, but we have no confirmation yet that Taya's soul is in that card. I mean, it most definitely is, but we don't know that yet. Florence tells him that he should probably play it, but he doesn't know what he's playing now, as he sets another monster face down. He then activates the trap he set last turn, Just deserts, which inflicts 500 points of damage to our hero for each of his monsters on the field for a total of 1,500 points. Okay, so that's an instant win card in the first season, because there are five monster zones on each side of the field and only 2,000 life points at the beginning of a duel. So why isn't everyone playing this card? Abuse the system. Define the meta. Just deserts meta. The life point count now is 1,200 to 500 in Florence's favor. Big Yugi comments to himself that Taya isn't safe in his hand, so he'll have to play her. I mean, I do get that Florence probably has another morphing jar in his deck, but really, she isn't safe anywhere. At least, when she's on the field, you can get her effect off. Retroactive spoiler warning. He plays her face down, and she immediately starts to lift the card up. Okay, so how come the morphing jar didn't do this? Is it a dual monsters monster thing that they just know instinctively what's going on and not to lift the card up? She greets the guys, who immediately move to conceal her, and she insults their dress. Well, sorry, Taya, but we can't all afford the best-looking costumes for anime cons. She notices her own getup, and Joey and little Yugi fill her in on the situation, rather poorly, but it gets the job done, I guess. Joey then insults Yugi by calling him puny, which sends him on a tirade to destroy Florence's face-down monster. After destroying the creepy cute monstrosity, little Yugi gets a nice shock. Literally. And Florence informs us that it was the Electric Lizard. They don't explain what its effect is, though. A monster that attacks the Electric Lizard can't attack during its controller's next turn. Yugi plays a trap face down without indicating even to us what it is, though we see its artwork. Okay, we're so used to having all of this random, unnecessary exposition, and now you randomly decide that we don't need any explanation. Why? Also, it's the Horn of Heaven, which we will see later in the episode. Retroactive spoiler warning. Before taking his next move, Florence tells the gang that he can see Taya clearly, so there's no point in trying to hide her any longer. His move is to play another monster face down, but this time he says what it is. Although I actually kind of understand why he did it this time, it's to make the gang worry. It is the man-eater bug and Little Yugi explains that when it is flipped face up, it can destroy any monster on the field. Tristan thinks he's going back to the graveyard, which is laughably absurd to me. Why would Florence choose to destroy you, Tristan? I'd say the two prime candidates are Little Yugi because he's the strongest monster on the field, and Taya because of her effect. Retroactive spoilers again. You are nothing, Cyber Commander. The weakest one on the field without an effect. Deal with it. Little Yugi then adds that there's only one way out of this situation, and it's the trap that Big Yugi set last turn, but it requires them to sacrifice a monster. First, how does he know what the trap is? Can he and Big Yugi still share knowledge even with their souls separated like this? But also, game theory time! Though this will be incomplete because we, as the viewers, don't yet know what Taya's ability is or that she even has one. The options are as follows. They can attack into the bug and allow Florence to destroy any one of them he chooses. They can sacrifice one of them at their choosing to get out of the situation, as little Yugi put it, presumably destroying the bug in the process, or they can pass the turn and on his turn, Florence can destroy any one of them he chooses by flipping the bug face up. In this situation, always go with giving yourself the choice. Never let your opponent choose something for you if you can help it. And this has been Lance's Game Theory Corner. Tristan tries to be a hero and volunteer himself as tribute. Okay, but technically it's Big Yugi's decision, right? But Joey stops him with the hilt of his sword to his gut and steps forward. Don't be a hero, Joey! It's not worth it! Just kidding. Let him go. I'm almost with Mai at this point. Joey attacks the man-eater bug and, while struggling with it, begs Big Yugi to activate the trap, which he does. He sacrifices Joey to activate the Horn of Heaven, which destroys the man-eater bug. As Florence tells them not to miss Joey too much, because they will soon be joining him for an eternity together, we transition back to the graveyard where Joey is trudging around much like Tristan was earlier. While trying to keep himself together by saying that they will get him back, he notices the Reaper of Cards, looking just like the Grim Reaper stereotypically does, soaring right toward him, and we transition back to the duel. Florence is reminding the rest of the gang that they've already played Reborn the Monster, which is the only way to get Joey back. So soon, the Reaper of the cards will take his soul forever. Unnecessary additional pressure. Also, where was the Reaper when Tristan was sent to the graveyard earlier? As Taya specifically contemplates Joey's sacrifice and fate, we are shown Joey running from the Reaper. He trips like a white girl in a horror movie, and screams bloody murder while the Reaper descends upon him. Taya begins to cry, and her tears activate her effect. As the Magician of Faith, she can bring a magic card back from the graveyard. So, naturally, Big Yugi then plays Reborn the Monster again. This time, to bring Joey back. Just in the nick of time, it seems, as the Reaper literally swipes at him with its scythe as he disapparates back to the duel. Florence then starts his next turn by playing the Lady of Faith in attack mode. Cousin of the Magician, maybe? He then activates Change of Heart, which will allow him to take control of one of them. Naturally, he's going to choose Little Yugi, the Dark magician, strongest monster on the field. When he plays it, however, the Angel-Demon conglomeration is actually Bakura cosplaying. When did his soul get trapped in the card? We weren't shown that at all. Bakura says he wants to help, but they must act quickly. He chooses to possess the Lady of Faith instead of any one of them, and making himself look even more androgynous than usual, and directs them to attack him. The Big Yugi then says he has a better idea, and uses his puzzle to switch the places of Bakura and Florence, putting the titular Spirit of the Ring into a Lady of Faith cosplay. He then commands little Yugi to attack the Lady of Faith, winning the duel and sending Florence to the graveyard, where the reaper of the cards quickly descends upon him as he screams. After the duel, Yugi asks Bakura where he got his Millennium Ring. He indicates that his father got it for him during one of his trips to Egypt. He saw it in a bazaar and immediately bought it for Bakura, saying he felt like he was, quote, destined to have it. Weird flex, but okay. As the rest of the gang begins to come to, Bakura leans over to greet them, scaring Joey and Tristan, who grab each other out of fright, and Taya begins to recap the episode. But there's an alarming scream in the distance that interrupts her, and Yugi says he doesn't know what it was. Obviously a scream, dude. The gang and Bakura take off in the direction from where it came, and Yugi says that they will face it together. In this episode, we got up close and personal with the gang as we learned what they would look like cosplaying their favorite cards. We also got a more in-depth introduction to Florence, the spirit that haunts the Millennium Ring, and we also got to see what an actual regular no-pressure duel looks like in this show. And now you know. I will be taking the next two weeks off for the holiday season because this is a time of year best spent focused on family and friends, not silly podcasts about a children's card game. But I will be back on January 6th with both episode 10 of the podcast, covering both episodes 14 and 15 of the dub, The Light at the End of the Tunnel and Winning Through Intimidation, and the second bonus episode. Until then, though, I will leave you with this last query of the week for 2018. What is your favorite Yu-Gi-Oh card? And if you want, feel free to tweet me pictures of you cosplaying it in the spirit of this week's episode. Let me know what you think, or if you have any other comments, questions, or concerns, please feel free to email me at itstimetopodcast at gmail.com, and follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, and on Twitter at podcast. If you can, please consider backing me on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. It will help me continue to bring awesome content to you guys, expand in the future, and give even more back to this wonderful community we are building. But, until next time, your move.